Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So, stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. Chapter 13 says this, it says, If I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages or special knowledge will come, become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. These things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Verse number 12, now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. The title of this message, this word for you today is, When It's Not What I Expected. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever found yourself in a situation or in a circumstance where it wasn't what you expected. And as I was thinking about this message, I couldn't help but think about the time that Austin, I don't know if Austin was there that trip or not, but Haley and Sarah I know, and mom and dad had come down to visit years ago. I was probably only youth pastoring for a year or two at the time that they had come to visit. And someone had told me about the hiking trail at Poison Springs on the way up to White Oak. And so mom, mom loves to go on hikes, loves to go on walks, and so... We were, we were thinking of something fun that we could do out of the house that weekend. And, and so I said, well, somebody told me about this hiking trail up at Poison Springs. We could go and we could hike that. And so mom said, well, great. Well, let's pack a lunch and, and, and let's get everything together and let's go. And so we worked that afternoon and I think had some fresh garden tomatoes that probably Brother Harold or someone had given me. And we cut all those up for our sandwiches and got all of our food together and packed it up in the cooler. And... And we took off, and we got up there, and we parked, and we started off on this trail. And I had never done this trail before. Obviously, they had never, they didn't even know about Poison Springs. Any of you ever been to that trail at Poison Springs? Yeah. We were ready for a journey. We packed. We packed a lunch, lots of bottled water. We were, we were ready for a hike. We were ready for a trail. And so we take off. And we have no idea how long it's going to take. And so a few of us led out the way ahead. And we're, we're, marching, we're marching right along. And, and, and in a matter of a couple of minutes, we were back at the car. <laughs> in fact, before we got there, I think it was mom or Haley one said, isn't, isn't that the car? Are we, are we done? <laughs> and, 
and we, we found ourselves having lugged all this bottled water and all this food with us on a trail that took us three and a half minutes to get there. And we got to the end of it, and we just, we couldn't do anything but laugh. Like, we just, we thought, how in the world? My mom said, what, what kind of trail is that? Like, what, what, what kind of, what kind of, she said, well, we packed all this lunch and all this food. Y'all want to go again? <laughs> you know, we found ourselves in a situation where it was totally opposite of what we had expected. You know, a typical trail that you find yourself on, you're, you're gone for at least a, a good little bit of time, and usually work up an appetite of nothing else, at least the thirst for some water. By then, we were nowhere near as hungry or thirsty as we thought we would be. It was nothing of what we had expected. And there are lots of funny stories that I'm sure we could go around today and we could share of times of moments of situations that it wasn't what we expected. But I bet there are some, some stories that we could also share, some that would, would tear at our heart that things didn't happen the way that we expected, maybe even the way that we prayed, maybe even the way that we hoped for. And in those moments, we find ourselves in a situation, we find ourselves in a circumstance of having to decide how to respond, how to handle those totally unexpected moments of, 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 of it being not anything like we had expected, not anything of what we had, had planned or dreamed or even prayed and believed God for. So in those moments, how do I respond? In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I, I love verse number 12. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely just as God knows me completely. I don't have the answer to everything. I don't understand everything. And I think if all of us in this room would be honest, you don't either. We don't understand because we don't see in full. God sees the whole picture. God knows us fully. And there is a day that is coming that we will know Him fully as well. That we'll look back on the moments and the situations and the circumstances of our lives that did not make sense, that did not add up, that didn't go the way that we expected. We, we, will, find, we will find the goodness of God the faithfulness of God, the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the perfect plan of God to take even the moments that the enemy intended to use for evil and turn those around for the glory of God. Because his plans for our life are perfect. Jeremiah 29 11 reminds us of that. So how do I respond when I find myself in a situation going completely different than what I had expected. When I find myself in that place and I find myself in that moment, 1 Corinthians 13 shares those three things. Number one is having a faith based on, based on Jesus Christ, fully fixed on Him. Faith no matter what. Number one, faith no matter what. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us, Now faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. We know that as we trust in the Lord and we respond in obedience to what He says, if we believe what He has said, even though we don't see the full result of that, that we'll see the fullness of God, of His plans and His purposes fulfilled in our lives. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. When we seek Him, we find Him. 
the word tells us that again and again. Old Testament, Old Testament and New. When we seek God, we find Him. When we have a faith no matter what, it means that no matter what happens today, no matter what happens tomorrow, my faith is in the one who is the creator of heaven and earth and who holds the one who has done everything that he can to steal, kill, and destroy responsible. And I am thankful that there is a day that is coming when the enemy will forever be defeated and where we will fully know God as we reap the eternal life and the promise of what God has established for us. So I'm not living for today. I'm not living for this world. I'm not living for tomorrow. I'm living for the one who has called me out of darkness into his marvelous light in the fullness of what he's given me. So my faith is fixed on Jesus. My faith is fixed on the Lord. Secondly, hope in Jesus and nothing else. Tell your neighbor and nothing else. My hope is in Jesus and in nothing else. If I put my hope in people, I'll be disappointed again and again. If I put my hope in the things of this world, I will be disappointed again and again. I will find myself frustrated, irritated, discouraged, and overwhelmed. But my hope is in Jesus and no one else. My hope is in Jesus and in nothing else. Because in Him, I find the anchor of my soul, the firm foundation that I need. Psalm 31, 24, be strong and take heart, all of you who hope in the Lord. Psalm 33, 18, but the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear Him, on those who hope in His unfailing love. Psalm 33, 20, we wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Psalm 37, 9, for those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Psalm 37, 34, hope in the Lord and keep His way. He will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are destroyed, you will see it. Psalm 69, 6, Lord, the Lord Almighty, may those who hope in you not be disgraced because of me. God of Israel, may those who seek you not be put to shame because of me. Psalm 130, verse 5, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. Psalm 137, Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love. And with him is full redemption. Psalm 131.3, Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and forevermore. Psalm 146.5, blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. Psalm 147.11, the Lord delights in those who fear him and put their hope in his unfailing love. And again, Isaiah 40.31, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I love this one. In Lamentations chapter 3, verse number 25, the Lord is good to those who hope, whose hope is in Him, to the one who seeks Him. In 1 Peter 1, 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and His great mercy He has given us a new birth into a living hope. A living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And inheritance, it goes on to say, that will never perish, spoil, or fade. My faith, in, my faith in God no matter what, my hope in Jesus and nothing else, leads me thirdly to a love that never fails. One that I can receive and respond in. When I find myself in a situation and in a circumstance that was different than what I had expected, what do I do? I receive the love that God has for me. 
the love that 1 Corinthians 13 spells out perfectly, the agape, unconditional love of God, and I respond accordingly to the love that God has established, to the love that God has given. I love what Matthew 22, 22, 37 through 40 says. It says, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Everything is based on love. 1 John 4 says, If you do not love, you do not know God, because God is love. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He sent His one and only Son, that whoever would believe in Him might not perish, but receive eternal life. The promise of God, what happens when we step into the love that God has given us. Verse number 7 of 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love never gives up. It never loses faith. is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Not some, but all. Why? Because the love that I have is not a love that the world can give. It's a love that's come from the one who is love and who loved me so much that He sent His Son to pay the price for my sin so that I could experience the promise, so that I could experience the hope, so that I could live by faith and not by sight, walking in the power of His authority, of His presence in my life, experiencing the fulfillment of His word and His promises and knowing that His plans are good, even when I can only see in part, even when I don't understand, even when it's not what I expected. That at the end of those moments, at the end of those seasons, as I respond with a faith in God no matter what, and a hope in Jesus and nothing else, and a love that I am receiving daily and responding in daily, not because the people and the situations and the circumstances that I find myself in deserve it, but because my battle's not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of darkness. And so as I walk in the love that God has given me and respond in the love that God has given me, I position myself to experience the breakthrough that heaven has planned for me. To experience God's glory and His goodness like never before. And that's what I love about Hebrews 11, 13 through 40. This is what it says. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Tell your neighbor, this world is not my home. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, my past, my life before Jesus, before I had been called out of darkness into light, before I had been given this living hope, before I had received the promise, the inheritance of eternal life with Jesus. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He is prepared a city for them. I love what it goes on to say. It says, By faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. 
Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, and so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the death. By, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when, he was, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Lepheth, about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained, the pro and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign enemies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were those others who were tortured, refused to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning and they were sold in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. <laughs> Somebody needs to hear that today. The world was not worthy of them just as we were not worthy of Jesus but oh for the love of God that he has for us. The world was not worthy of them, but their faith was in God. Their hope was in Him and nothing else. And the love that they had experienced from God is the love that they responded in. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. On this side of heaven, it may not make sense. And it may not be what we expected. But as our faith is fixed in God alone, and as our hope is in Jesus and nothing else, there is a love that gives me a peace that surpasses all understanding and a joy that this world cannot give and cannot take away. And a freedom in knowing that no matter what tomorrow holds, I know the one who calls me by name and has planned and prepared for me a place where, where, the, where the sting of sin, which is death, has no power. Where sickness and disease have no authority. Where there are no more tears. Eternity with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. When it's not what I expected, how do I respond? Faith, hope, and love.
Why? Because these, these last forever. 1 Corinthians 13, 13, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. There is a day where your faith will be made complete, where your hope will be fulfilled as we meet the King of kings and the Lord of lords face to face. And in that place, we will dwell in His love forever.